How's it going, everyone? My name is Scott Bennett, and welcome to our very first episode of the Third Decade Podcast. This is something that we've wanted to do for a long time as another means of communication and, and education uh, for everybody within the Third Decade community. We went back and forth for a while on the best way to engage and honestly re-engage everyone, uh, and a podcast seemed like the easiest and most timely method. It's, it's our hope that the podcast will be a resource for our current participants, alumni who have already gone through the program, and the ever-growing number of people on our wait list uh, that have told us, we're waiting to get into a class, what can we do in the meantime? This is one of those things. And anyone and everyone who's interested in all of the issues we address concerning personal finance for young people especially. It has been something we've wanted to do and add to, to what we're currently doing. We have our blog, which a lot of people read and like, and uh, Laura, our original executive director, did an excellent job building that out. And now we have a few different guest bloggers and stuff like that. And we're going to continue to do that because I know that that's a good way for people to get their information. Um, but we wanted to do something more uh, and, and a podcast uh, just kind of presented itself. And we, we talked about it for a while and discussed different strategies and how to do it. And then the COVID-19 pandemic happened, and it was obvious that there was a real need to fill. And uh, it gave us the opportunity to, quote, unquote, jump off the ledge and try this out. Um, we saw that the timing couldn't be better to, to talk with anybody in our community um, and do so in a really easy relaxed way. Uh, we've received a ton of requests and, and questions from our participants about the market volatility um, and how to address it and really if they should change their plans. And I know personally if one person has that question, uh, a bunch of others do who, who, who we aren't hearing from yet. This is an ever-changing and ever-fluid situation uh, with the pandemic. And so different questions are going to pop up at all times. Um, so that's, that's what this first episode is going to focus on. It's how do we view this current situation? Um, how do we think it compares to, to the others in the past? And have, has it changed our philosophies at all as the third decade um, and, and what we're recommending for our participants to do? So uh, I'm about to share a conversation that I had with our first guest, Bob Swift, um, a few weeks ago. Uh, a few of the numbers and statistics we touched on have since been updated and changed because as I said, this was a, a few weeks ago that Bob and I recorded this conversation. But the overall message is still very relevant to the times right now. Today we're, we're starting off the first episode with Bob Swift. He is our founder of the Third Decade program. He's the founder of TCI Wealth as well as the TCI Foundation. Um, he's the current chairman of our of our board of the third decade, and he he also in his quote unquote day job uh, still advises over 400 clients at TCI Wealth Advisors. So, in talking with Bob through the beginning of this pandemic and all of the market uncertainty and all of the volat volatility going on, it was clear to me that he offered a very 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 unique perspective that would be beneficial for our participants and anybody interested in our program to hear, and that 
He's been kind of at the front of all market volatility for the last 30 years, talking with clients, doing research, seeing what, what this feels like in each and every downturn. Most of our participants can only turn back to 08. And I know for myself, 08 was a really scary time. I was a freshman in college. And it's a reason I went into economics as my major, because I realized I had no idea what was going on. Um, this pandemic, I obviously have this as my field and, and it's my career, so I'm, I'm a little bit more invested and a little bit uh, know a little bit more about the market and stuff now. But it's, I only have one other market downturn to compare it to. All I know is they both feel super scary. They both feel alike in some ways and feel different in others. But uh, Bob, Bob offers that unique perspective. So, Bob, are you there? I am, Scott. Scott thank right. you. You're welcome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go through this and offer a few questions um, that I have written down, but then I'm sure they'll, they'll spurn other kind of organic questions. So my first one is, is what I touched on before. You've been through quite a lot of these downturns through your career and life. How does this one feel the same, and how does it feel different? Well, thanks, Scott. Good to, good to be here. Good to talk with uh, the third decaders again. Um, I have been through a lot of these. I, I, as I go back and count, uh, most of my current clients and I have been through four to six of these type of, quote, financial crises. And 1987, before many of you were born, was actually the most meaningful to me. It actually... Uh, set in motion my starting TCI Wealth Advisors. It also set in motion my investment philosophy. So let me explain. So I started in the business in 1982 as a traditional stockbroker. And at that time, that happened to be the beginning of a bull market. So as I was getting started in the industry, Everything I, quote, bought for my clients went up. And the people that were training me, I thought they were all these uh, wizards of Wall Street and very smart. I started thinking I was very smart. And then all of a sudden, in 1987, we, uh, in about two days, as painful as this one has been and as fast as this one has been, we lost. 33%, if I'm not mistaken, from Friday to Monday. And that was incredibly scary. And I had no idea where to go. I'm starting, I think my career is over. Uh, so, of course, you go to the people you look up to, the veterans, the experienced guys. And I discovered, frankly, very quickly that they were more scared than I was. <laughs> they had... Um, there were no experts, and that was really what I learned, that this was a sales profession that I was in. It was not what I thought it was when I was an investment uh, money manager and helping people build wealth for their career. We got paid in those days by the number of transactions, but it had nothing to do with the success or failure of the client. So the lessons I learned very quickly is that there is no such thing as an expert. Nobody cares 
more about your money than you. When you get in situations like this, every one of them, the, the denominator, the common denominator is they all feel very different. And you will hear people, so-called experts, say that every time. This one is different. This one's a pandemic. This one is planes flying into the World Trade Center. This is Y2K. This is Desert Storm. This is junk bond fiasco. This is 2008, a bank meltdown. And But yet the response as investors to this very clearly is the same. Regardless of the crisis of the day, long-term investors who built a solid foundation should stay the course. There were a couple of other key components that really shaped my future in the industry. The second was not only is it to stay the course, of course, but the media has was frankly very uninformed, very uneducated. So their reporting of this financial crisis did nothing other than accelerate fear. It exacerbates and accelerates fear. And if you think about it, they won't admit it, but that's ultimately their agenda. They did not know what they were talking about. They predicted the end of the world, all of that. Not unlike today, right? You're always going to hear from all the media sources um, rather uninformed information. You'll also hear they'll go out and so-called talk to experts, and if you listen for an hour on TV, you'll hear 10 to 20 different opinions from experts. And so if they're all different, how can there be an expert? So there isn't. Always remember, there's nobody who cares more about your money than you. The last piece of this was that I learned was that investing, frankly, is not, uh, uh, what's the best way to put it, is not the domain of the incredibly smart, the MITs and the Stanford. The most successful people out there ultimately are the ones who control their behavior. The I learned very quickly that behavior is what determines results. Investing is frankly very easy when you just pay attention to some basic foundation principles. Those are the ones we teach you in the classes. But ultimately the hardest thing for people to do is control behavior. So, Scott, that's what I learned in 87, and all the other crises since then uh, have reminded me that, you know, watch your behavior. There are no experts. Stay the course and just and, and just get through it. Right. I think a really interesting point that you've told me before, and I think goes a long way to controlling that behavior, is to remember what this feels like advice. Uh, you... You talk to me more as somebody in this industry working with people, talking to to the to, um, participants of the third decade. Uh, remember what this feels like so that at the next crisis, at the next financial crisis, you can look back on this time. But I think for all of our participants and for everybody listening, that's a huge, huge key to controlling your behavior. If you can look back hopefully 15, 20, 30 years down the road, not if, but when the next crisis happens, and say, oh, I remember how scary the COVID-19 crisis was. I remember how painful that was. But we got through it. And and so take, everybody listening should take some time to think about how you're feeling right now. And, yeah, and, no, that, 
That's perfect, Scott. You're exactly right. The, uh, I remember when you and I were talking about it, that I, for some reason, early on, I, I told myself, now, remember what this feels like, because this feels like the end of the world, and it probably won't be. And so once we got out of that, I, I have a very clear memory of each of these financial crises and how I felt each time. And it doesn't still make you – you still go through some very scary uh, potential outcomes in the process. But I found it very valuable to remember this is not new. The, the source of this pain, the source of this trauma is different. But it feels the same, and frankly, I do know what to do. The, I, I guess I was going to add, Scott, and I might chat a little bit later, but uh, the other thing I noticed was time really slows down. When you are hurting and scared, time slows down in a big, big way, and all of a sudden you forget the number one tenet of successful investing, which is time. Yeah. When it goes that slowly, your mind can wander into a whole lot of negative directions. Right. And that's really happened this time because uh, it feels like forever, yet the reality is it's been about five or six weeks. Right. And, right. Of, of course, no, everybody knows you can't make a financial plan in five or six weeks. You don't make any knee-jerk decisions during that time. Right. All you do is live through it, and you know it's going to recover. Therefore, if you're able, add a little bit to it. Otherwise, just gut it out and focus on other things. Right. I want to touch on another thing you said really quickly in, in terms of the experts. And I think, you know, the, the financial experts, quote, unquote, that you're referring to are different in this in this scenario than the other experts, right? Because we're, we're hearing the medical experts come out. And, and, and it just, to me, it's such a, such a, a, a perfect um, comparison to the two. We're hearing the medical experts all come out with really the same advice, which is stay home, social distance, and w wash your hands, wear masks. And those medical experts that you're seeing, you can watch TV for an hour and hear the same medical or 30 different medical experts say the same message. But in terms of the financial experts, um, you're going to get on TV, as you said, and hear 30 different opinions in an hour. And I think that's just a really, really um, really interesting way to look at it in that a lot of the financial expertise and and uh, the shows about the stock market, stuff like that, is designed to get you to watch. And it's designed to get you to tune in and 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 do it. Um, whereas the, the medical experts talking really have a different uh, different goal in terms of their messaging. Their goal is to, to settle this pandemic. Um, the financial side of it is really more, let's, let's get you to tune in. Uh, let's get you to watch what's interesting. What's more interesting than this is a market collapse like we've never seen before. So just keeping that in mind for all of our participants and, and kind of comparing the two um, as, as you listen and read to all of this stuff. Yeah, and, and it's interesting just for a little humor. Frequently you'll tell them, They'll couch their expert advice that, boy, you better get ready. This is going to be a one or it's going to be a two-year recession. But we still have a chance of recovering by the end of the year. So how helpful is that? Uh, all that does is allow them either way to say they were right. So yeah. listen to how they couch this stuff. It's, it's very interesting. I learned early on 
that that there's a, a couple of people I listen to, and they're named Warren Buffett and John Bogle from Vanguard, and they both say the same thing by diversified low-cost index funds and leave it alone, yep. um, and and you'll be fine. Sure. So, Bob, what, what conversations are you having with those 400-plus well clients? Uh, I know you're hearing from them a lot, and and has has it changed some? Has their has their question, their uncertainty as, after working with some of them have been working with you for thirty years? Um, how what are those conversations looking like? Well, that that's uh, been kind of nice, frankly. Uh, since most of these clients and I have lived through these together, they already know what I'm going to say, uh, and most of them say, uh, "Well, Bob, obviously we're going to stay the course." Uh, matter of fact, I, I pay you to take on this pain, so thank you. Keep taking on the pain and leave me alone. Um, and that's kind of what we do. We have some fun with it. They all know the same thing. But a couple of – one difference is many of my clients are in a retirement mode, so they are living off of their portfolio. And there's a common thought up there in the world of investing that – uh, the market has to be up when I retire, or what if the market's down the day I retire? Well, I've got plenty of people whose goals were to retire this year or last year, and their plan hasn't changed, nor has their standard of living. And the difference is financial planning. So like the young people, they don't need income from their investments yet. So they are in a growth mode. So they don't even have to consider uh, putting some money aside for income at this age. But for my retired clients around age 50, 55, or somewhere around five to ten years before retirement, we started taking some of their growth assets and getting them ready to live off of when they retire. So that if the market was when the stock part of their portfolio was down when the year they retired, it didn't matter because we had their income side protected. Right. So I like to tell them, uh, look, uh, you guys, your net worth is down today in a temporary valuation, but your income is the same. So your life hasn't changed except on paper for a little bit. Right. And And the big lesson there, Scott, is that financial planning is the difference between success and failure, not the ability to forecast markets. I frequently uh, talk to people who for some reason think that the day they die, the market has to be up or something like that. And I say, well, I have no idea when you're going to die, and I have no idea where the market's going to be. So you invest for your situation and make sure your income is protected, and the stock market will take care of itself. Sure. So, but financial planning—that I, I, one is a bit of a pet peeve. When people say my retirement got delayed because of the market, then I would say no. Then, then your financial plan hadn't thought this through because these are always going to happen. I just don't know when. Right. Exactly. So, how does that how does that advice differ for our third decaders? Obviously, they're not retiring. Um, should I, I know we've talked about staying the course. Um, but as, as you know, if you're invested in, in a 100% uh, stock equity portfolio, you've seen quite a drop here than if you would have been in, in a 50% bond or 50% stock portfolio. Should there be any changes there? 
No, other than adding to it, if you can. Remember, you've got to be the key to investing uh, uh, long term is you're you're not able to get out and avoid the bad markets. Mm-hmm. That's not the key to investing. The key is to catching all the good markets. And the only way you can catch all the good markets is stay in through the bad ones. So no change at all. Add to it. As a matter of fact, as you've said many times, I've heard you talking to, to some of our participants, it's you should be you should be thankful for this bear market because you you're continuing to save and the same shares that you were buying uh two months ago are now on sale thirty percent cheaper. Sure. And and so yes, I'll take more of those. Thank you very much. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think you know, it's it's hard not to look, and it's hard, especially if you if you like this stuff, if you're interested in it. Some of our participants, you know, do a really good job because they 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 aren't too interested. It's actually the ones who follow the markets really closely and and do a lot of their own research that are having to look because it's just in their nature. Um, and I think it's really really important for everybody when they do look and you see that drop, it's painful. We're not we're not hiding that fact at all. Uh, it's, it's knowing that in terms of your long-term plan, you have uh, – it's still on track. This this downturn was built into your long-term plan. Right. And all of the scenarios and stuff that we, we ran, we had market downturns built in. And it's going to be a factor in terms of your long-term planning as well moving forward. We have this. We this this information goes into the uh, the 80 years of information, 90 years of information that we're looking at, and and the the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic will be part of that information, and it will go in together. Uh, so we'll continue to look at that and continue to see stuff, and and continue to financial plan. That that's a perfect segue into my next question, Bob. Of of you know. You're a financial advisor, and, and the, the difference is you have clients who pay you who are doing this. Um, the, the third decade program isn't built it's, – it's built around a little bit of the same model of TCI Wealth, but obviously our participants aren't paying their mentors. The mentors aren't giving them specific financial advice. Uh, they are really – sounding boards and really unbiased third parties to say, yeah, in your situation, here's what your financial plan looks like. How do, what do you think is the best way to leverage those mentors right now uh, in this time? If somebody is having some uncertainty and they want to talk to their mentor but aren't sure how, what do you suggest is the best way to do so? Well, there should be uh, – I think most of our participants probably know what to do and how they should be feeling, but – the beauty of a third-party, unemotional um, partner in this is very powerful on the behavioral side. So they should be reaching out and checking in. Some of the some of the participants have been laid off, um, and and there's different circumstances to each individual. So they should be reaching out to that third party and going over their situation and seeing what adjustments, if any, should be made. Unlikely to make any adjustments to the investments for sure, but you also have, there, there might be a debt issue coming up. There is, there's some federal stimulus money available. 
that our our mentors can help guide you on uh, to get us all through this. So um, I, I frequently uh, tell people that after 30 years in the business, the number one compliment I get from clients unsolicited through the years has always been uh, thanks for keeping me from doing making big mistakes. They weren't talking about performance. They weren't talking about predicting the price of oil or who's president or avoiding markets. They were thanking me for being the unemotional part of their financial planning family, someone that they could count on who had no agenda other than their well-being. So I would say, Scott, reach out, email uh, they will follow up. They will talk to you. Find out what's on, what's concerning, and 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 I think you'll be very pleased. Everybody always feels better when that third party is kind of uh, pitching in on 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 these traumatic scenarios. Yeah, and I I think one thing that's been really really uh, positive for myself and seeing, and I think all of our our participants should understand how this works is when you reach out to your mentor we have mentors one of the really cool things about the third decade program i think we have mentors from all different walks of life and with all different uh areas of expertise and so if you reach out to your mentor and they don't know the answer to your question or they don't know okay so some of the mentors are doing deep dives into all of the federal uh, stimulus out there. If you have been laid off, if you have what what's out there for you, like I said, one of our mentors is a student loan expert. If you reach out to your mentor and they don't necessarily know the best way to answer your question, know that that question is getting forwarded to all the rest, and and we're running through those uh, together. Whereas I'll I'll see them and then I'll reach out to the mentor that that I think is best to handle that. And I see that quite often. So don't be afraid. Um, you know, I, I always say no questions too small for your mentor. Uh, if if it has to do with with your finances, ask it. And and uh, if they don't know the answer, they'll tell you. Uh, so 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 know that going forward. And you touched yeah. on another really important point I wanted to bring up too in terms of this call is we a lot of it is is talking about the market uncertainty and the economic uh, crisis that we're facing right now and, 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 and the staying the course in terms of your investment. We also understand here that, that there are some of our participants who are losing their jobs, who are, um, you know, been, been more impacted by this than a traditional retiree. Um, so we want to touch, touch on that a little bit in that um, – you know, a big, big thing that we that we bring up is your emergency savings. Hopefully, you have some emergency savings saved up for a time like this. But you know, we also want to be a resource for those people as well. Bob and my expertise, and the reason we're talking about on this call is is the market a little bit. Is you looking at the historical data, saying this has happened before. Here's how it feels, and and the investment side. But for those who are in an, an economic crisis of of their own person reach out and, and, and let's talk through some of those. We want to be a resource there as well. Uh, and again, if we don't know the answer, we want to help you find it as well. So, Bob, kind of my last written question here for you um, is, is there's obviously a lot of pain and uncertainty and fear 
surrounding COVID-19. You touched on, I mean, not only the market side, but the medical aspect, the, the economic aspect. It's, I mean, 16 million jobs lost um, in the matter of weeks. We, we hear about, about this pretty constantly because the fear is real. What do you, what do you think or hope some of the positive changes will be that we'll see after this. Are you already seeing any of those positive changes in terms of how we deal with each other, how we're communicating, um, or just how how we view the world a little bit? Yeah, uh, certainly one of the, the good things that comes from trauma and chaos is uh, far more often than not, there are a lot of positive that come out of it. And I think everybody's feeling, at least currently, the, you know, walking around neighborhoods, talking to each other, um, all of that feeling better, everybody acknowledging much better this time the value of teachers and the service industry and the medical, the nurses. Uh, people are noticing some of these very low-paid professions, how valuable they really have been. So I hope I hope some of that carries over into some uh, professional and compensation thinking down the road. But on a on a bigger level, I think some of the, the positives that are going to come out of this clearly, there's going to be, you know, number one on our list, there's going to be a, a, an interest in increased emergency savings. Uh, that's already happening. People are, are understanding that the ability to have quick access to non-risk cash is is non-negotiable anymore. You just cannot predict when you might need it. In the past, it had to do with you know job loss or health uh, health loss. This one is totally different in in that regard. So increased savings, Scott, I, I see and I'm hopeful for, I saw this already with young people, less and less materialism. People are figuring out that what, what is important, outdoors is important. It's kind of fun to hear more birds uh, flying around, less planes, all of that stuff. I, I do think that's going to play through. I think young people, another benefit, young people, millennials particularly, have now lived through two major financial crises, uh, one 12 years ago in 08, and this one. So they are getting, whether they know it or not, a PhD in investment <laughs> education and behavioral finance. I think that's, if they really take the time to learn from this, uh, I think someone told me this many years ago, there's nothing worse than a bad trauma if you don't learn from it. The worst thing you can do is go through a trauma and not learn from it. So as we've been talking about, you've got to pay attention to what, what the pain and how you feel through this. And I think people are going to benefit greatly by having lived through two of these early in their financial life. I think some of the other things are the, the, the increasing use of index funds. Can you imagine trying to pick stocks these days? Imagine try, if you owned cruise stocks or airline stocks or oil stocks or restaurant. So the notion of behind index funds is we love the stock market collectively. We have no way of knowing which industry is going to do better at any particular time. And so right. the data continues to show just by the low-cost index funds 
and, and don't try to pick a particular sector. I think that'll continue gaming steam. I think on the older side, there'll be a bigger interest, Scott, in uh, income protection. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see uh, – I was talking with one of my peers yesterday. I think we're going to see Social Security is going to take a a larger and bigger – part of retirement planning. It won't quite look like it is now. There'll be a larger contribution, but it'll act a little bit more like a pension plan uh, that used to be out there. So I anticipate people can handle ups and downs of the stock market when their income is protected. Ultimately, time is the great healer financially. So let it work for you. Try to focus on other things. Um, and I and I think that's the might be the best lesson out of here. Frankly, our our whole corporate structure the last couple of decades has gotten too short term thinking. Mm-hmm. I I see and hope that people realize that good things take time, and and that there our expectations will start being more realistic instead of instant gratification. Well. Uh, thanks so much uh, for coming on, taking the time. I know know how busy you are right now, but I know this is also something really important to you and something that um, you know you offer that unique perspective that many, many, many of our participants just don't get, and and we we wanted to share with everybody. So Bob, I'm going to let you sign off now. Uh, thanks again, and we'll we'll talk soon. Thank you, Scott. Talk to you all later. So there it is, our first conversation of the Third Decade Podcast. For anyone still with us, thanks for listening, and please share this with um, anybody you you know who might find it useful, uh, especially in these current times. We have created a page on our website. If you just go to thirddecade.org forward slash podcast, um, that's where we'll be posting each episode. And we'll also have... Uh, any links we touch on in that episode or any extra material that might be useful surrounding our conversations. Um, If anybody has a topic they'd like to hear addressed specifically, or even better, if someone thinks that they'd make a good guest for the podcast and they they share an expertise in in anything concerning personal finance, please shoot us an email at info at thirddecade.org. We'd love to hear from you all and hear your feedback. Uh, This is meant to be uh, a community of third decaders sharing information and sharing resources with one another uh, to to help us along this personal finance journey. So I hope everyone continues to stay safe and healthy, and please look out for our second episode that is going to be coming out in two weeks. Thanks all.